Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool center. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Yes, a very good evening to you. The rain has come in and believe it could be around for the next week, possibly, with about three cold fronts coming through. Looks like we're experiencing the first of those right now through Perth, uh, metropolitan area, and no doubt through the southwest as well, and even people to the north of uh, the Perth CBD. Thanks for joining us. Drive with Peter Vlahos. Thanks to Toolmart, the Complete Tool Centre, wherever you may be listening on SEN 657. SEN Spirit 621 through Bunbury in the southwest. And the goldfields at SEN 1611. You may be on digital radio at uh, SEN Peel and on the SENWA app. We'll get to footy later on. We'll get to footy later on because I want to focus on a couple of more significant Australian events. I saw an interview this morning with Minji Lee the West Australian golfer, who's just warming up, let me tell you, and is targeting a career Grand Slam and that elusive Australian Open crown, as we know, after winning women's golf's richest and most prestigious event, being the US Open the other day. And the accolades have come, but it took a while, didn't it, before people jumped on board the Minji Lee bandwagon. And even a national breakfast program actually couple of days after the event, finally tracked her down and interviewed her. And this is what she had to say. Just a couple of little snippets. Her dad runs the cafe. Her mum has gone to be with her younger brother, who's preparing for a tournament. Here's a couple of bits and pieces what our very own Minji Lee had to say about that epic win the other day. It's still pretty surreal, you know. It's only been a couple of days, but, um, you know, it's just – it's just really special to me and such a great honour just to be, you know, one of the multiple major winners. Um, I know Jan Stevenson and Kari Webb are the other two. So um, it's just pretty cool um, to be among those Aussies and um, just to be able to be under that list. I just found that like the first time I, I saw the course, like the whole course, it was just really fun. Like there was a mix of short and long holes um, just it just kind of um, it challenged all aspects of your game, especially around the greens. Like you could be quite creative, and you know you could you know land it on the green or like hit it into the banks or like even roll it the whole way or putt. You know, so it was just um, it was just like a really fun track for me. You know, obviously the the fairways, like hitting the fairway, it was quite generous off the tee, and then it was definitely a ball like a iron player's dream kind of um it's definitely a second shot golf course so I thought it was quite a good fit for me um, once I saw it saw the course now the West Australian is the holder of two of the five major major trophies the Evian Championship and the U.S. Women's Open titles now next up for Minji is the Women's PGA Championship at the Congressional Golf Course 
and that is in Maryland. It happens from June the 23rd to the 26th, and that's followed by uh, Lee's Evian Defence in France from July 21 to 24, and then she'll contest the Women's British Open at Muirfield in Scotland, which rounds out the women's majors for this season from August 4 to 7. This is a significant performance and a significant feat. And now she's up to number three in the world. The other thing that happened early tomorrow morning is the World Cup of Soccer is the biggest sporting event every four years on the planet. There's no question about that. And it'll be a huge injection of funds if Australia qualify. Last night, they beat the United Arab Emirates in Doha by two goals to one. Now Boyle. And Lecky almost getting in each other's way. Boyle into the area. He's done brilliantly. The comeback and the goal from Jackson Irvine. And the Socceroos have the breakthrough. Seven and a half minutes into the second half. Gets the better of Bailey Wright. The cross in is not a bad one. And the chance. And Kayo Canedo. Less than three minutes after Jackson Irvine's goal has fired the UAE level. In it comes from Moy. Back out, Rustic, and it's in! What a strike from Aiden Rustic! And it's a set piece that provides another moment of magic for the Socceroos. Whistle in the mouth, full-time whistle blows. And the Socceroos have done half the job they came to Qatar to complete. They have seen off the United Arab Emirates, courtesy of Aidan Hrustic's rocket six minutes from time. The Socceroos keep hopes of a fifth consecutive World Cup finals appearance alive. I'm not relieved. I'm proud of the boys today. You know, it just shows you, uh, <clears throat> you know, we've, we've been able to get together for the last week and we've been able to prepare for this game well and... I saw a good reaction tonight, and you know that was, that's what I've been driving to the boys for ever since I come into camp about the uh, Aussie DNA, yeah. and that is you know kick, fight, scratch, and do whatever you got to do to win the game. And however we win it, who cares? Just win it. Yeah, that's uh, Graham Arnold. Uh, so the golfing world, the sporting world, is looking at Minji Lee after what she secured. The world uh, of football is looking to see whether the Australians or the Peruvians, because that's their final game. If they win that, they're on to Qatar for the World Cup in November and December. So the world is looking at that. By the way, New Zealand will also play a intercontinental playoff against Costa Rica next week. They win that, and even the New Zealanders are through, although it will be a tough ask. And the other thing that people are looking at is something that's about to unfold at 10 minutes past six our time. Rugby league is played in a number of nations around the world and there's nothing more significant than the state of origin between New South Wales and Queensland. It is epic. It is big and it has grown with interest significantly here in Perth, Western Australia, where it's now shown in prime time. So all I'm saying, there are some significant events and it appears that all we've been talking about in the last 24 hours is the altercation between Stephen May and and Jack Melksham, two footballers that lost their heads, did something stupid. Stephen May has got a track record of doing things like this. He was the one that was involved in the altercation all those years ago with Campbell Brown when they were overseas at an end-of-season trip. 
there are far more significant events happening at the moment that we should be a lot more interested in than a couple of boys being bad boys away from the footy field. Let's go back before we speak to Robert Wiley, and we will speak to him, the coach of the Eagles WAFL side, who all of a sudden this week have probably got a real chance of winning their first game in the WAFL because of the injection of West Coast Eagles AFL players because the Eagles have the bye in the AFL. So Rob Wiley's going to join us a bit later on. And then later we will go to Melbourne and speak to Daniel Cheney uh, about the, you know, the major footy issues bubbling around in Melbourne. And we'll talk about, no question, the Melbourne scenario. But certainly, for me, not the headline act on this uh, Wednesday. Tomorrow, Kim Hagdorn will join us in the studio and we'll discuss everything AFL. Before we take a break, Andy Harper was part of the commentary team uh, last night with Robbie Thompson, who I spoke to here on the Drive program yesterday, who called it for Network 10 and Paramount+. Plus. Andy Harper spoke to Jared Waitley this morning. Here's in brief what he had to say. You know, it wasn't it wasn't so much nerves as a sick feeling in the stomach during that first half. I mean, the team was really playing without personality. Um, it was a very conservative, apparently nervous performance. I mean, you can understand um, all that and the pressure that's on the players and the coach, etc. But. It just wasn't really inspiring any belief that something great was going to happen. Very thankfully, the second half, without being great, was much, much better. And and with the win now, as a step forward positively, um, you'd like to think there's there's a launch pad for an even more improved performance next week against Peru, which they'll need to be. Well, the the circuit breaker for me was Martin Boyle um, and his willingness which was a rare thing on the night. And to be honest, in recent World Cup qualifiers, it's been a rare thing for an Australian in a one-on-one duelling situation to take on their opponent and break the surface tension. The team has, it it seems to me, to have fallen into this mentality of trying to collectively move the ball and pass your way around and through opponents. I mean, every team... Uh, does that as the basis of their possession play. But every team in the world to win a match needs to have someone um, across the field, and more than one, hopefully, to get into a one-on-one situation and change the, 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 the surface tension of the, of the game. And um, we haven't done that enough uh, in recent matches. We weren't doing it at all, at all in the first half of this game. And what changed it in the second half was Martin Boyle's effort to put on the first goal. Now... His ability to do that came on the back of two or three other really important components, and there was a good uh, um, there was a good press to dispossess UAE of the ball, and Daniel Atkinson did well. Um, so we got the ball in a good part of the field. We'd done that a couple of times during the match, but what we didn't have after that was someone who was prepared to drop the clutch and go at their opponent and turn people around. Um, we're going to have to do that more against Peru. And because we've seen the importance of it in that second half against the UAE, and full credit to Martin Boyle for taking that that role of leadership at that particular moment, and then of course for Melbourne's own Jackson Irvine to pop up and score that goal, one which he richly deserves. So, if there's anything Australian football knows, Andy, it's this next game for generations. This was this was our fate, wasn't it? And we we find ourselves back there. It's going to be a little strange, though, Jared, because we are so familiar with this stage of qualifying. 
and we are so familiar with playing Latin Americans and South Americans at this stage. Um, but what's going to be strange for us is watching it all take place in an empty stadium. Uh, normally, we're treated to a full house in Melbourne or Sydney with 80,000-plus spectators cheering the team on in, a, in, a, in an atmosphere befitting the occasion. Um, we'll be watching it, most of us, from a great distance with not many people in the stadium. It's going to be a little bit weird, and neither team... I mean, this works for Peru as well. Neither team can draw on that vociferous home support, which is such a key part of this qualifying. And, and just on that matter, the football would suggest that Peru go favourites into the match. But Doha is a second home ground for us. I think we've played 14 or 15 of our qualifiers over the last couple of years in this city. Um, uh, so there'll be no acclimatisation problems for the players uh, it is the home away from home. Unfortunately, that's what's unfolded because of COVID. Um, Peru not used to it so much. Uh, and their, their Comnebol qualifiers to this point have been in the cut and thrust of South American qualifying with home and away fans, and they've been able to feed off that. So if we're, it might sound like I'm clutching at straws. Yep. I'll stand guilty as charged if that's <laughs> the case. But I do think it's a factor, you know, and, and Peru are going to be tough. But this is one thing that does go slightly in our favour. So there you go, that was Andy Harper, who together with, uh, as I said, uh, Richie Thompson uh, broadcast the game uh, last night on Network 10. And he's a good student of the game, Andy Harper, and he was featured on uh, Jared Waitley's uh, morning program on SEN in Melbourne this morning. And that's in a nutshell what he had to say. We'll take a break. Uh, on the other side of the break, uh, we'll come back with Rob Wiley. Uh, yet to win a game, the WAFL Eagles team. Have they got their best chance this week? But they do take on the powerful Claremont side. And also, it was probably their best performance last week when they really ran swans uh, deep into that game. Rob Wiley joins us next here on Drive with Peter Vlahos. All thanks to Toolmart, the Complete Tool Centre.